Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, everybody. Check, check. One, two. Yeah, mic still works. Always works. <laughs> Hello. I am feisty tonight. Yeah, I can see it in your eyes. We, we normally... People have messed up my mic here. What's going on? Can't you hear yeah. me better now? Because they think it's a... No, it sounds the same to me, actually. Whatever. But. Anyway. Yeah, we're feisty. We're feisty. So most of our avid listeners know... This didn't come out on Wednesday, mm. and that is because this has been an insane week for me personally, and normally when you're out, I will like recruit somebody in, keep it going. You do? Really? I mean, we've done it like once should, yeah. or twice. You should you should have uh should have brought in brought in like Alex or something. Could have brought Marcy back. Could have brought Marcy. Beauty back. and the Priest. That's what we called it way back. <laughs> That's like a right. year and a half ago. I do remember this now. See, I've done this. But to everybody out there and to Joey in particular, this is really just for Joey. I want to affirm you for making the sacrifice to keep the podcast going. Oh, yeah. You're affirmed. You're welcome. You don't know. <laughs> no, I'm affirming you. Oh, you, you can't right. counter affirm right. me. Well, uh, you're first supposed to say, why has your week been crazy, Joey? Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm used to being the guest. There you go. So, Joey, uh, can you can you explain for us why? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a psychological counseling session now. My When Nikki got pregnant with our fourth due in May, um, we were just, we were kind of maxed out in the house size. And we were like, we got we to gotta look for something more. But... As you don't know, because you know nothing about housing, Capel, where we currently live, is is been challenging to find a home in. I even did the Facebook guilt thing, like anybody want to sell to a youth minister, you know, in this area, for mm. because our kids are in the school, they love the school they're in, yada yada. Um, Didn't I offer for y'all to move into the rectory? I would go find some other housing. That has a whole slew of its own problems, all right? So Everybody, things, in case you don't know so this, Rectory 2, about that Rectory 2 is about to uh, collapse from foundation <laughs> issues, probably. So, but my luck, in also, two days, you'll have, a, you'll have a free foundation place coming out and just being like, we want to help the poor priests. Yeah. That's how it works. All right, people, let me give you a sob story here. Okay, so... Anyway, we've been working with a great realtor. He's a parishioner here at St. Anne's and um, Davis Scott, if anybody, somebody will probably okay. email me. Shout so, out Davis. Anyway, nail and key. And uh, he, he got this lead on this house a while back from somebody just walking a neighborhood that was kind of like a nice neighborhood in Coppell and being like, hey, I saw people moving out of this house. Don't know if it's already sold or not, but you might want to look into it. So he looked into it. He threw a bunch of different things, was eventually able to find out that um, there was an agent and they were maybe going to list it in the future. Well, pretty much the story goes that these people who had lived in this house just kind of destroyed it the way they lived. Um, did not upkeep it, uh, did not do anything uh, 
really anything. <laughs> Wiping counters. Wiping counters. Cleaning floors, carpets. Carpets. Were there carpets or is it all like marble floor and marble? Just, Whoa, that would be awesome. No, it's uh, Italian style. Actually, there's blue garage epoxy in the master uh, bathroom. So anyway, so uh, anyway, he finally gets a hold of this realtor guy and he's like, hey, can I just go look at it? And so he gets us in and he's like, I don't think these clients are going to sell, but whatever, you guys can look at it. So we look at it and it's rough. But it has like a lot of, you know, upside. And you know me, I'm a sucker for, I don't know, a good bargain and fixer upper. Fixer That's what upper. they call it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, that was a show, but oh. yeah, based off of Chip and Joanna Gaines, Waco, Texas, yada, yada, the silos. Fixing up houses. Yeah, yeah. So Silos? <laughs> you've, uh, okay. All right. No, sorry. Another one. Anyway. So we go through, we put an offer, they turn down this offer. We're like, okay, we just pray God be clear. That was our our constant thing. Like, Lord, be very clear with us. You want us to have this home? Great. So we are like, fine. The Lord was very clear and direct. Well, about like five days later, we get a call from a realtor being like, you'll never believe it. These sellers, they want to sell it to you now. And so they chose us. We did our due diligence, you know, check the foundation, electrical, plumbing, yada, 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 all that. Um, and getting ready to close, but that means we have to sell our house and now we have a huge renovation. I mean, floors have to be gutted. It looks like they had animals or cat or dog or something. It looks like it never used the bathroom outside, only inside. I mean, everything's got to go besides the walls. Like it doesn't need to go down to mm. the studs, but pretty close. I know, I know you're really relating with me here. No, you're I'm, just, I'm locked in. Just, you're, you can see it, see it in my you're eyes. Just locked. I'm just thinking about you're that locked marble. In or you're Are you going to put in marble floors? No, I'm not. No one is going to put in marble floors in the house. Okay. It, would, it would remind me of being at the Knack. Is that being what they in have? Rome. Yeah, there's marble everywhere in Italy. Well, I know there's marble everywhere. Yeah, I walked but... up marble steps. Actually... All the, the rich get richer. <laughs> all, all the steps. Um, there's so many. I, I don't know if it's all marble. Like there's stone, whatever. But they would always like drive these hooks into the steps so that they could hang like a little piece of carpet on it so that you don't slide down the steps. Because they like marble steps get really slippery. Especially when they're wet. Yeah. Like exactly. raining, dew yeah. in the morning. It's humid. We wouldn't get so much dew. But yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, you should do that. It'd make me feel more at home. <laughs> well, I'll pray about that. But anyway, so we're doing some things to get our current house on the market. We're trying to close on the new house. We did close on the new house. We're trying to now fix up the new house. I got to gut the new house so the floors can go in the new house. Meanwhile, all that is taking place. I don't even know if you know this story. You might. Yeah, you were at my table at staff luncheon, but I'm like doing all this renovation work and we're loading the pod in our house. We got to clear it out because there's painters, all this. So I come home from children's ministry Wednesday night and I sit down. I'm like, I'm going to go load the pod in 10 minutes. I just need a little bit of a break. Well, I got tired. Nikki's like, hey, don't worry about it. Do it tomorrow. Cool. 
I come out in the morning. I forgot I left the garage open. Oh, yeah. And a bunch, uh, two bags of my tools were stolen. When it, So, yeah, just so frustrating. We had a tire that popped. It's like when it rains, it pours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a when tire it rains, on your car? Yeah, on the minivan. Man. It was like this garbage truck was coming down the road. And Nikki, like, moved to the right and, like, it just like clipped something on like the storm drain or something and just like tore the tire up. So I had to go home, <laughs> jacking up a tire, got a little donut, put the donut on. It's deflated. So then I have to pump up the donut. Then I have to go to Goodyear and they're like, oh, this is a bigger tire than blah, 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 blah. Gotta and the, order the, one. You know, like, and also I'm like, wait, four tires for like 200 bucks. But wait, why is one tire 200 bucks? <laughs> How does this work? So. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you can relate to all this. That's my life right now. It's a mess. So that's why we're podcasting at 9 p.m. at night. And that's why we don't sound tired in the same way that we normally sound tired. <laughs> normally, Joey's just waking up. I've been up for hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the kids. The no. <laughs> now, I'm falling asleep because it's getting kind of late. I don't know. Is getting kind of late. So let's jump into it. We had two similar questions that came in this week. Um, I'm pulling them up. Let's go. Here we go. All right. Nope. Don't got them. <laughs> Keep talking. When it rains, it pours. <laughs> <laughs> when it rains, it pours. Fill in everybody on your week. Do you have any updates on your life? Oh, it's just, you know, just keeps on going. Can't remember what I did. Oh, I went to uh I went to California for a uh for the weekend. I went to go visit a group of sisters out there. Mm. Uh, a sister from our parish, Sister Symphony. Um and they were in Santa Rosa, California. It was delightful. They're a great order. Um, it was just a really cool weekend. It was good for me as, as vocation director to go and visit and like see what they were like. Um, it was also really cool to see to see how Sister Symphony's doing. And she's really happy and misses, you know, everybody at St. Anne and Capel and and all that, but is also really doing well. Um so that was that was kind of awesome to see. Went on a hike with the sisters. Mm. Um, I was in the more adventurous group, so there was a more and a lot. I didn't get to choose, right? So let's say there's there's about twenty sisters in their convent. Okay, five in final vows, which means that they have, you know, made this commitment. This is the rest of their life. Their sisters, five in temporary vows. Which I don't know in their order, but it's probably something like three years. And then they would renew those vows as final vows. Okay. I'm moving backwards from the most final to the most Got temporary. Got it. Five as novices, which is a two-year process for them. They wear white veils instead mm. of like the blue veil on top of the white. Okay. Um, and novices go through kind of an intensive period of formation, at least for... The first year, I don't know if it's both years. And so they're kind of, they're not, they're sort of cloistered a little bit more. 
Her order right. is very active. They teach. They help with the Sunday masses at the cathedral. They're a diocesan order, which means that they basically they help the bishop. So yeah. if he's like, I really need help teaching in this Catholic grade school, then fixing up a house that they'll go do that. Yeah. I really need to fix up. They actually do stuff like that all the time because they just oh. moved. They just moved into a new <laughs> convent. Like they do it for themselves. Uh, they moved into a new convent that <laughs> you it was got a my fixer, hopes up like I fixer. could call them or <laughs> You're something. You're not going to bring them like... from Santa Rosa. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be cheaper to fly them and get some. I, we're going to do an exorcism on this. Can we do like a minor exorcism on the house? We can. We can call up the bishop and uh, call up the bishop. Exorcisms. You need the bishop's authority for like. I said a minor. Yeah. All right. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about. It. And you missed the Super Bowl. You didn't even mention yeah, the so, biggest part. So this is the biggest problem. I'd scheduled this a long time ago. She entered the convent last summer. And as a postulant, which is where I was kind of going, there's five who are postulants. That's when mm-hmm. you first enter. Yeah. It's a period where like you're living the life, you're part of their community, but it's sort of like an extended, extended come and see, right? At the end of postulancy, you would petition to become a novice that's when you get your religious name. Mm-hmm. So right now she's Sister Symphony. When she becomes a novice, she'll be Sister something Marie or something Mary. They always put mm. Mary as part of the name. Um, and so as a postulant, you get to write letters home a lot. You get to write them to your family. You get to write them to uh, maybe your old spiritual director. Mm-hmm. That's me. Um, and so with these letters... It's just like, letters, email, anything? No, no, no email. Um, <laughs> I mean, like the the mother superior and maybe another sister would be delegated to to have a cell phone and to to use email and that kind of stuff. Mm. But I mean, it, it's a whole other topic. But honestly, I'm more and more convicted, <laughs> more and more, just completely convicted that. The less of that kind of stuff we have in our lives, the better. Mm. Um, and that it's a necessary evil and we need to limit it like that. So that's how sisters treat it as well. Yeah. Right. Um, you're so easily addicted to a screen or to a phone. Yeah. They just don't have them. Yep. But somebody needs to have them for the sake of communicating. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that's that's not like a privilege. That's a burden. Right. Uh, for them. And... Um, anyway, as a postulant, you get to write letters, uh, back home and you get to have people come visit you and stuff, stuff like that. Um, I'd agreed on this date had not even considered that it was going to be Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday is almost always right next to my birthday, which is the first weekend normally in February. Oh, I see that soft flex. Yeah. My birthday. Didn't didn't mention the date. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, Beginning of February, yeah. you know. Let's be secretive about it. That way but I get this more year, like an octave. They added one game to this NFL yeah, season. Yeah, and I just wasn't thinking about it. So I was on a hike with, the, like, we, we had a retreat on Sunday. I gave him a retreat. I talked about the Sabbath and about rest and all the stuff. We had sort of, like, big mass on Sunday. Yeah. It was a great day. And then in the afternoon, we were on this hike. I was in the adventurous group. It was actually kind of tough. Um, the adventurous <laughs> yeah hiked for like an hour and a half and nice have some kind in of your s- steep hills in your uh european sandals 
<laughs> I wish. I should have brought them. I wanted to. And then I second guessed myself and just wore boring like black shoes. Nice. Mistake. Next time, bring in the sandals. No. Next time, I'm only going European sandals. Uh, I forget where I was going with all this. The Super Bowl. Didn't watch the Super Bowl. Um, Have you watched highlights? You hear anything about it? Do you even know who won? Yeah, I know who won. Um, I've researched it extensively. Extensively? (laughs) I don't think I've watched any highlights, though. All right, so go into it. What what is... uh, Okay, so the Rams won. They were clearly the better team. But it was a close game. Yeah. And the Bengals could have easily won Yeah, uh, because the Rams were just letting them stay in the game. Yeah. Uh, should have won, some might say. Yeah. The Bengals? I think they should have won. You could say that they should have won. Um, I think they abandoned the running game too early. They were mm, dominating. Yeah, Mixon, right? No, Mixon was yes. destroying yeah, um, and all of a sudden it was gone. Even even those last couple plays of the game, but it was. Yeah, everybody's happy for Matthew Stafford. I'm like, isn't it kind of funny when like us normal people are like, I'm happy for him. He's from Texas. I'm like, he's from Highland Park. He's yeah. from Dallas. Okay, great. Do you know him? Is he? And I'm not saying he's like. What if I said yes? And if you said yes, then I say okay. <laughs> no, like I that would be like don't. me being like, oh, Father Paul's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Like I know him most of the time, but like, you know, people talk like they're these athletes' best friends. Like, oh, well, he really deserve. I mean, he deserves that because he gave so much to the game. I'm like, what? What did he give to the game? The game paid him millions of dollars right. to toss a football, right? Sure. I I don't really talk to people, I guess, about <laughs> about football. Um, the nuns weren't so, into these conversations. Yeah. Good thing I didn't come. <laughs> One of them at dinner. So we ate, oh, we ate no. pizza for dinner that night. Whoa. Um, Is that big? I don't know. Wait, uh, like ordered or homemade? Ordered. I know, right? From where? Local from, place? Yeah, or? local okay, place. Okay, okay, okay. It was pretty good. Making sure you didn't like dominoes it up. They never get to get a pizza and you're like, let's get a little Caesars. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was definitely a step up from something like Domino's, but not too far up. And they did kind of, they talked it up like it was going to be, I think, more than it is. But it was still good. Um, and so anyway, one of them kind of, no, it was the next morning at breakfast. One of them kind of leaned over and was like, yeah, so... Who won the Super Bowl? <laughs> and you were and like, I said California won. California. Yeah, I heard it was like all these messages being like, oh, yeah, we should, uh, you know, this will invigorate the fan base. Yeah, I'm like, the fans, Probably. they don't, it's just from stadium. I was hoping for the Bengals, but I, it's like, oh, I don't even like them either. You know, I mean, I do, but then I don't. People are the same way about Joe Burrow. You know, it's like, oh, he's, you know, I mean, he's yeah. a good guy. I'm like, is he? I, in in my extensive research, it became clear <laughs> that it was really the pass rush of the Rams that won won the game for him. Yeah. Um, like Joe Burrow just did not have time. Yeah. Also, his offensive line is not great. Also, hot take. We've probably talked about this before, but I forget what you said. Imagine you won the Super Bowl. 
All right. You going to cry? Yeah, because Stafford really didn't show any emotion. I right? loved it. Um, I loved it. I don't know. I can get I can get choked up sometimes. It doesn't happen often. Eh. But I don't know if I would get choked up at that. Yeah. It it if it if always I, surprises me. If I were me. in a position to win the Super Bowl, I would probably care a lot about that. Um, you think? <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> Wouldn't just kind of stumble my way into that position, but I don't know. I don't really I just not a big crier. I, you know. I I can hear Marcy, who we talked about, former, uh, she lived with us for a while when, mm-hmm. uh, when was it? When she was in college or something and with us and our family. So Nikki, me, and it was only Dom at that time. <laughs> that was the loudest yawn ever. <laughs> I tried to make it quiet. <laughs> and, uh, we would argue on this all the time. She's like, they gave everything. They cried and, you know, let out their emotion. I'm just like, I just can't. I don't think I've ever been so happy about something that I'm that close to crying. Mm. Like, what about your ordination? No, I didn't. I wasn't emotional at all. Great. See, that's what I'm talking about. I was trying not to fall asleep because I was way jet lagged. See, I'd flown th- in from Rome see, like two that's days what earlier. I'm talk- that's what we need to switch to. I just didn't want to fall asleep laying on the pavement on the marble. Um, <laughs> the pavement <laughs> of the altar, <laughs> the, the marble sanctuary <laughs> at the cathedral. I was like, they're praying for you. Don't fall asleep. This recording is going asleep. to the bishop. <laughs> And then oh. they're like, make that, make that priest a vocation director. Who was so one of, inspiring. One of my friends was saying though, really the big travesty and all this football thing to, to cap out like the football. I think, I mean, really you look at it, it's like the chiefs were probably a better team. And from the chiefs, the bills, the Bengals. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think like overall. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then over them, I think the Bills were a better team. Like, I think if the Bills would have made it, I think they would have ran away with that Super Bowl. And then over them, the Packers. Just kidding. No. JK. Where, where is uh, JK. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to go, though? Dallas. No, he's not. <laughs> After we just paid Dak <laughs> so much money. Um. I have no idea. Maybe he'll cross over into baseball or something for a little bit. Yeah. Well, apparently the Packers are like, we'll we'll bring you back. We'll yeah. like Max steal it. But uh-huh. I, I don't think I don't think he wants to be there, does he? I don't yeah. know. We need some Packer fans away. It's very in. confusing. Yeah. Where are all the Packer fans? I, I guess we could I don't know if I You really know where know. I heard the the best fit though was? Hmm? Pittsburgh. Hmm. It kind of would make sense. Like people either love or hate the Steelers. It's kind of the same way with Green Bay, like iconic franchise. Like don't the Steelers have the most Super Bowl wins ever? Six? Yeah, I don't know. Them and the Patriots? Yeah, I guess I could. The Packers and the Steelers are kind of in the same place in my mind because don't they both have green and yellow in their uniforms? (laughs) Yeah. That was a good one. 
That was a good one. So now that we've wasted 23 <laughs> minutes of our episode. From so well, I'm just vamping here, trying to fill just, time. Just, just <laughs> trying to go one in. Um, okay, so quick question based on something you just said. Okay. So somebody wants a, I'm going to toss you the best softball right now. I'm about mm. to lay it up. I'm ready. You just need to crush this, right? Ooh, like Switch. So you were, I mean, you were there with the sisters, like, I think we're in a I think we're in a crisis of young women not praying about having a vocation to rigi- religious life compared to like I we're in a crisis with men as well. Mm-hmm. But you at least have decent number of men entering the seminary. Yeah. Trying it out. Yeah. Why is that the case and I mean what could a young lady do you know, if they were thinking about that, should they think about that? Um, also, you know, I just always hear that like, well, I want to be a mom. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. I'm sure you wanted at some point to be a father, right? Oh, yeah. Still do. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's part of who we are. Uh, we, we say it to everybody. I say it on the priest side. Uh, I just heard nuns say this the other day on the women's side um like if you don't have a desire to be a husband and father or to be a wife and a mother probably not going to make a good priest or a sister Mm. um like it's not a matter of not desiring that it's a matter of christ calling you to offer him even that good desire and increasing um your love for him alone yeah um so yeah, absolutely. Part of part of following Christ as his disciple, right? The fundamental call um, to share your life with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the consequence of our baptism, being baptized into his into his death and rising with him to walk in newness of life, Romans six four, um, is that we're ready to go wherever he leads. Right. So um, sometimes you'll hear people talk about like dropping nets have you have you dropped your nets like the apostles did when christ calls them mm-hmm. and are you ready to go where he leads he might not be leading to religious life but what if he did would you be open to that i mean i i think that's part of just the call to follow christ is being open to that possibility mm. uh, sometimes people can get really afraid of that possibility um but there's, I don't know. Like if he's calling you to it, it's going to be awesome. If right. he's not calling you to it, there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I think that fear is a reason that people can kind of push it off to the side. I think also just not ever thinking about it is a reason um, why it's, yeah, it's just not on people's radar screens. So talking about it is important. Do you find as vocations director and going around to parishes, like in general, vocations aren't talked about? I'm specifically talking about priesthood and religious life, not not married life, like any yeah. vocation. Do you find them not being talked about in the parishes? They're treated by the priest. They're treated as kind of a, a sort of like a topic among many sort of a like boutique thing like okay now you know last week we had such and such sunday 
Mm-hmm. Now we have vocation Sunday. This is the one time a year when it might come up. Um, for the rest of the year, we kind of forget about it. And that's not really how vocations are nurtured. Um, so I do think that it it ought to be on people's minds a lot more. It ought to yeah. be talked about a lot more. Um, we ought to be inviting people to consider it. This is, this is an interesting position I'm in as vocation director because like... I would never want to come across as forcing someone in yeah. any way or trying to like argue them into this. Yeah. Like some kind of, I don't know, military recruiter. Like the image I have in my mind of a military recruiter. Like, like this is really for you. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> like we need you. Um, that's not really the way and you it give is. Them a signing bonus. <laughs> yeah. That's a- <laughs> I would sign up to be a priest if there's <laughs> if, a if there's a bonus. Um, so like that's one side is I, I would never want to come off as like trying to convince somebody that this was really for them if they didn't think it was that's not how discernment works right. on the other hand there's so many things that can kind of hold us back um, so many fears of the unknown uh, or fears of what we think we know but we really don't know that much about what it looks like um, so slightly different version of that and that's where the the importance of like direct invitation comes in. Um, Father Edwin has a, a really important part of his story. It didn't happen in my story. I wish I had an example of it, but it's just not the way my call worked. But I can appeal to his. I've heard him tell it before yeah. that he says God kept sending old ladies to like tell him he should be a priest, and he always had excuses for them as to to why that wouldn't be possible. He wasn't good at public speaking. He was afraid of it, all this stuff. Um, But then one day he realized that wasn't true anymore. Yeah. Like as a result of his, his uh, missionary experience over net and having to preach all these retreats constantly Mm -hmm. um, with, with the the national evangelization team net. um, He wasn't afraid of public speaking at all. And he'd actually, discovered he kind of had a talent for it um and so he was so ready to like give that response that uh like oh thank you for for that invitation um miss old lady at the parish um right but i couldn't possibly do this and he realized no that's not true that that kind of realization doesn't happen without somebody saying like have you ever thought about becoming a priest have you ever thought about entering the convent? Like, that's not coercive. That's not intrusive. Right. That's an invitation. And God can work through that in a powerful way. Mm. Similar kind of thing. Are you interested in coming to church with me? Mm-hmm. Um, we're afraid of inviting across the board. Yeah. Not just with vocations. And I think some of it's tied up with a very, very sort of American sense of what privacy looks like. Um, that you just don't talk about religion, right? Yeah. Um, and some of it might be a lack of confidence in our own faith. Uh, who am I to be inviting people when I'm still trying to figure it out myself? Um, I don't know. Invitation's really important. Yeah. Um, and I think if we are going to, uh, work against some of the powerful forces in culture, which I think are 
obstructing vocations. Um, we need to be more intentional about inviting people, just asking. Yeah. I do have a story actually about invitation, not about my vocation, but it's the thing that led me to conversion. Mm. Um, and it was when this guy down the hall invited me into his room and said, like, I see the people you hang out with. I see the kind of things that you're up to. This is my freshman year. I was living a party life, very ungodly sort of lifestyle. And he said, are you happy? Right? That's not an aggressive question. <laughs> um, are you unhappy? <laughs> and I had to answer it just and realize, no, I'm not. I went to confession 15 minutes after that. Mm. Like God worked in a really powerful way through that simple question, that simple sort of invitation, right. um, which required courage on his part. Because what if I had said, um, who are you to tell me what to do or to question right. the way I live? But yeah. I didn't respond like that. And isn't, <laughs> isn't like, look back at the last 16 years um, since that happened and just how different my life could have been. Mm-hmm. Like that was a turning point. Yeah. Isn't that worth the risk of having somebody be like, <laughs> why would you ask me that? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's true for, for faith in general. It's also true for vocation. Um, it doesn't, hurt to ask people that's an easy way but kind of a stepping out in faith way that we can promote vocations in our parishes and be more intentional you don't have to wait for the priest to preach about it that's actually kind of a in in some ways kind of a supplementary thing yeah um like that can't carry the whole load yeah just like the vocation director can't be the one the only one tasked Mm -hmm. with promoting vocations in the diocese yeah um so, yeah, but back to your original question about sisters. Um, <laughs> after so, 15 minute <laughs> tangents. Um, yes, yeah, so, tie know. it I'm, in a little bow for us. I'm, I'm still. Lead us out. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm still kind of wrapping my mind around it because sisters are harder to count for me, right? Because they're. Like literally like one, two, yeah, no. three. Like the. They all wear the veils and yeah. stuff, and you can't yeah. tell. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Lose count. Um, no, it's it's just because of the way religious orders work, right? Um, religious orders are their own things. When my directee last year wanted to enter this religious order in California, she contacted their vocation director. Mm. She didn't contact the diocese. She didn't right. contact my counterpart in that diocese. She contacted she does, yeah. that vocation director for the order if i wanted to become a dominican i would contact the vocation directors for the dominicans got it i don't no offense but i'm very happy um (laughs) just in case (laughs) just clarify um and so like diocesan priesthood is this very visible thing um the vocation director is a very visible position in the diocese There's not a female counterpart to that um, because all the religious orders that 
women enter are sort of their own identity or their own entities. Right. Um, so it's it's harder to count, um, at least for me, and just like compare apples to apples, like seminarians compared to women entering religious life. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a long way of copying out of your question. Um, I do think that there's a lot more to promote there. I do think there are obstacles which are unique to sisters. Yeah. Um, in part because they're not so visible in public like seminarians are. Yeah. Um, and they they don't have the same relation to the diocese. So things like the capital campaign and the funds that we raise for vocations. Right. Like people are thinking seminarians for the diocese, diocese and priests. That's what all that goes to. Not to like these other institutions that are maybe part of the diocese, like in insofar as they're in the diocese, but they're not formally affiliated. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a, uh, there's challenges, but there's also a lot of hope. Like their order is really, really young. Um, just really alive. They seemed really happy. That was something that was really important for me to see. Mm. Um, they just seem happy and like a healthy community. Nice. Very joyful, not forced. And that kind of thing is a witness which is contagious. Um, it is. Yeah. Um, good job, Sister Symphony. Good, good job. Pick. Good <laughs> yeah, pick. You done good. Uh, well, on that... I think we'll close out this one. All right. How you feel? Yeah, tired. A lot of banter. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On behalf of uh, Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, keep those questions coming. Uh, Prodigal and the priest at gmail.com. St. slash PTP. Take care. God bless. <laughs>